As we prepare to reflect on God's word this morning, friends, let us pray. And now, Lord, may the words of our mouths and meditations of all of our hearts be found acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. If through the words of this human being we do not hear your voice, O God, we ask you to speak to each of us then here in the quietness of the heart. Amen. One thing in the past month or so that I have heard probably more than anything else that we've all been experiencing together is waking up in the morning and saying, what day is it? And what, not only what day of the week is it, where are we? Is it still March? Are we in April? Has May gotten here yet? A lot of our days are starting to run together. So it is a joy, and I hope it is uh, heartening to you that when we come together here on Sundays, that I can take a moment to tell you where we are in the church calendar. And may, even though it may not tell you the day, I mean, today is April the 19th, but in terms of the church year, this is the second Sunday of the Easter season. Last Sunday, what we often refer to as Easter Sunday, is also the day of resurrection, and it's only the first Sunday of Easter. We've got five of these, maybe six of them this year, where we are celebrate, where we take our time to celebrate that he is risen. And I just want to say real quick before we start getting to um, reflecting on scripture, how excited I was a moment ago, I just jumped on Facebook Live out of curiosity to see how many folks are viewing consistently, and it's only 20 less watching right now than we had last week. We were around 105, and last week we had 126 watching. So this is normally the Sunday where attendance goes down tremendously. But you all came back, and we're so glad that you're back. We're so glad that you're here, and, and more than anything, because this is, a, this is a day, Sundays, and when we gather in worship, whether it's virtually or in person, are a time to remind us what day it is, where we are, and whose we are. And during this Easter season, we spend a lot of time in the New Testament, not just in the Gospel lessons, but in the letters of the New Testament of those who experienced Jesus firsthand or had an encounter with them like St. Paul did. First Peter is one of my favorite books of the New Testament. I know you're thinking, preacher, you're supposed to like all of them. I do like all of them, but let me tell you why I love First Peter. Because Peter, First Peter is obviously written by the apostle Peter, the one who denied Jesus, the one that Jesus looked at and said, you are Peter, and on, my, and on this rock I will build my church. This is the, as close as you could get to Jesus when he walked on the earth. That was Peter. And no matter how much Peter turned away from him, no matter how much he hurt Jesus, he was brought back through forgiveness into the fold and became the leader that we all needed. Oddly enough, if you've ever watched the Batman comics before, we are, or any of the movies, you hear them say that Batman is the leader and the hero that we need right now. Indeed, Jesus, indeed Peter reminds us of what it was like to be in the presence of Jesus. And when he wrote this letter, he had had, ye a, few, he had, had a few years to reflect on everything he had witnessed. And he's writing in this first letter, not to one church, not to two churches, but to a bunch of scattered congregations around a large area. Think about that with where we are today. We are scattered to our own houses. We are in small gatherings. And what was so discouraging, one of the things that was so discouraging 
to these small gatherings of people was that they were so isolated. They felt so alone. And they lived in a society, they lived in a culture at the time where Christianity was not like it is in the Bible Belt of the United States here. Christianity was something that they were risking their lives at times to follow after this teaching that was known as the way. And Peter, being a leader of the church, well-known, well-respected across the area, wrote this letter to all of these different places, all of these different congregations, different cultures, different backgrounds, and to share with them what was most important and what united them. And one of the things that stood out today, to me more than anything, if you got the scripture in front of you, the thing that stood out probably more than anything was when Peter talks about going through various trials. And he talks about going through suffering. Well, we all know for the past month or so here in this country, this, and as we've watched around the world as well, we have seen suffering. We have encountered, we are all uh, going through one big trial. But what I want to invite you to think about today as well is that within this big trial that we're going through with the COVID-19 pandemic, people are going through various trials as well. That's one of the phrases that Peter uses in today's passage. He talks about suffering through various trials. And that is so the case because even though this pandemic is going on, there are many of us who have family members that are going through cancer treatments with chemotherapy and radiation. And yes, even though there have been job losses and layoffs and financial struggles, before any of this happened, many of us and people that we know and love were already going through some struggles as well. Our families, our relationships were already going through various trials. And it's important for us to remember every day when we wake up, every day that we have another opportunity to wake up and to serve the Lord, to serve our risen Savior, to live in that resurrection life, it's good for us to remind ourselves that everybody is fighting some sort of battle. And this is a chance that we have to be there for each other, even though we can't be together in person, that we can be together and help each other through these various trials. That's one thing that I think Peter would say to us across these years, because think of what suffering Peter had been through already, and he still had suffering ahead of him. Did you know that Peter was crucified as well? He met his death by being put to death, as Jesus was on the cross, but history tells us that Peter was actually crucified upside down. Crucifixion was painful enough as it was, but to be turned upside down was a whole different level of suffering. And when you look at the history of the church, you look at the early church, the stories of the martyrs, you hear about sufferings and trials that they went through. And yet, what does Peter say throughout all of this? Rejoice, rejoice. As we sang together in the first hymn today, he lives, rejoice, rejoice, O Christian, lift up your voice in cheer, for Jesus Christ has risen. And what the Lord is calling us to, as we think, as we put everything, is for all of us to put this in perspective, to put the trials that we are going through, the trials that our neighbor, our brothers and our sisters in Christ are going through, and remember that this faith that we follow, this Savior that we follow, came about in a time of great suffering. Jesus came into the midst of oppression. Jesus came into the midst of, uh, into the midst of heartache. Jesus came into the midst of the bat flying across the building and giving and startling us. Jesus came into those places of being startled. Jesus came into those places of being afraid, of being panicked. 
And what is it we have encountered so much is panic and fear in, the, in addition to the sickness and the disease. Peter is calling to us across the years, though, friends, to keep celebrating Easter, to keep on keeping on, to keep on rejoicing in those trials. And this is not just some happy-go-lucky, you know, count your blessings that Peter is talking about. He is also talking about, uh, in, in the midst of all of this, he, he's inviting us to remember that Jesus, that when we serve Jesus, joy follows. Joy is in us. Peace is in us. And we have to tap into those reserves. We have to tap into that deep, deep well of what the Holy Spirit has given us to help us through these hard times. And as I was saying just a moment ago, one of the greatest gifts we can take from this season is the gift of perspective. In here, Peter says to us, though you suffer trials for a little while. Notice what Peter doesn't say, guys. Notice that Peter does not say, you're going to suffer trials from March 15th till well, mid-June. Or you're going to suffer trials for this month and next month. You're going to suffer trials for a week or for a year. There's no time, chronological timeline that he gives us. But he tells us, in the grand scheme of things, as a follower of Jesus Christ and a recipient of his grace, in the great scheme of things, whatever suffering you are going through, whatever the various trials are, wherever we are in those, that he, that it is only for a little while. It is only for a season. When you're in the middle of that season, it can be terrifying. It can be difficult. That season can really throw, can, can really, uh, can really challenge us. But Jesus is inviting us in this season of this pandemic, this season of the various trials we're going through, to look at the bigger picture. That one, he has saved us, he's redeemed us, he has risen, and that he will come again. About 15 years ago, 12 to 15 years ago, a movie was released that is one of my favorite go-to romantic dramas. And the name of it is The Lake House. And let me just begin this by saying, as I tell you this plot and this timeline, you're going to think this is ridiculous if you haven't seen it before. But just stick with me because it is a bit of a fairy tale, a modern fairy tale. And what it is is there's a man named Alex and a woman named Kate. And in the year 2004, Alex lives in this beautiful lake house. And then Kate moves in. He moves out. Kate moves in in the year 2006. But there's a magical mailbox there at the lake house. And they can write letters to each other where Kate gets Alex's letters from 2004 and 2006. And he, in 2004, is getting her letters from 2006. Don't try to figure it out. Just go with it. It's a magical mailbox. It is a, it is a place where, uh, where the two of them are able to connect and communicate with each other. And they build this beautiful friendship and this relationship, well, Kate does what any woman with any or any person with any common sense would do when this happens, when she realizes what's going on. She goes and talks to her mother about it. And she calls her mom and she meets her for lunch and they, and they get together and her mom, she shows her mom the letters and her mom says, oh, these are beautiful. He sounds like a lovely boy. His penmanship is wonderful. There's something you can be working on while in isolation, friends, handwriting and penmanship. And Kate looks at her mom and she says, Mom, look at the date. Look at the date on the letters and think about what the time is now. And her mom said, looked at the, and she said, time? And she said, yeah. She said, time is just a detail. Time is just a detail. What Kate's mom is saying to her friends is that in the bigger perspective, in the bigger picture, 
love wins. What she is saying to her is that love is more important. The relationships built are more important than time. When Peter says to us, yes, you are going to go through suffering for a little while, in various trials, for a little while, we're not given a beginning date and an end date. Just like Kate and Alex couldn't figure out how this time, these time zones would work together for them. But we are reminded through the gospel, through the presence of Jesus Christ, that for a little while, we may not be able to know the day and time when he will return, but we know that he will, and we know that he is with us, and we know that if we keep that perspective of rejoicing, that he who was, who is, and who is to come will never leave us or forsake us. Let us go into this day declaring with Peter across the centuries and across our houses where we are scattered, just like the early church, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, because he has given us something that we cannot measure by time and space. He has given us eternal life. Thanks be to God, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the blessed three in one, now and forever. Amen. Let us respond to God's word now by sharing in the affirmation of faith, the Apostles' Creed traditional version. Many of you know this by heart. I encourage you to say it by heart or find a copy of it and join together in this historic affirmation.